0: Ready! World, world class. Do not your eyes.
1: This is the beautiful game described by two
0: ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box, a hard cross. McBride scores. It's 3-0. United States. Welcome to. Bowl
1: soccer podcast day. What is up? I am bone and
0: I am a triumphant beam,
1: man. You're feeling good. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, Manchester United has been flying of late. Mm-hmm. You're feeling excellent right now. We'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, we will talk plenty of crew soccer because uh, they stink. I don't know what you're watching beam. Cause I'm told by the guy who runs the team. They're peaking. Mm. They're just a few games away from peaking. So we'll talk about what it means to peak and where you want to be with six games left heading into the playoffs.
0: Are we peaking like Central Ohio tallest peak or are Uh, we peaking like Mount Everest tallest peak? Because those are both
1: technically peaks. How dare you besmirch Bell Fountain in such a way? I'm sorry. You know, Bell Fountain is, I think, the highest point. Yeah, they have Mad River, above, Mad yeah. River Mountain. That's, is that it?
0: Yeah. Oh, I that's didn't know. Bell
1: Fountain. No, I didn't know Mad River was the point. Oh, I don't know if it is. I oh, just know that Mad that River way. is in Bell Fountain. There's a lot of mountains in Bell Fountain. Mountains in Bell Fountain. Bell no, No, no. Brew, Brew Fountain is a nice little spot out there if you ever go. I only go to Zaftig. Well, that's fine. I'm just There's not a Zaftig <laughs> Bell Fountain is all I'm telling you. <laughs> You go up to Bell Fountain and you're, like, walking around in an antique shop or something. You're like, I want to get a drink. Brew Fountain is, like, right there in their downtown. It's a nice little spot. All right, That's all good. I'm saying. And then back to you. You live out that way. I don't venture out that you way should. much. You should. You should venture there more. You're the one who likes to go skiing. So That's true. I do. Yeah, that. And that would be up that way. That's all I'm telling you. All right. All right. But you know where we're going to start today. We're going to start with uh, some pretty big news. We'll obviously talk Champions League as well in this one. But Chelsea... Boy. Talk about a bombshell. Talk about a tuclear weapon. Don't do
0: that. Where did you read that? Or <laughs> did you just come up with that's that? That's some tuclier fallout?
1: <laughs> get in your tuclear shelter. Don't do that. Thomas Tuchel, no longer the manager of Chelsea after a uh, poor start to the season. This, I mean, okay. So we we said we're gonna talk Champions League. We're not gonna get into all of that right mm. now. This comes on the heels. Of them losing to Dinamo Zagreb, yeah, which is a team that is often in Champions League. They are one of those perennial European teams that if you're a regular watcher of European soccer, you, you know, know Dinamo are. Zagreb. They sometimes send good players to better teams. They are in Champions League often. Are they a power? No. Is there shame in if you're Chelsea going on the road and losing to Dinamo Zagreb? No. Not totally, I mean, there's a little bit. I mean, you're Chelsea, right? You think you should beat everyone, but that can't be the reason they did this, right? I mean, it, it's, I have to think some of it has to do with a couple weeks ago getting blown out by leads who have not exactly looked like world beaters since. Right. And then also the fact that this has not been the hottest start to a Premier League campaign for them, but it's very odd, Beamer, and I, I'm curious to your take on it because they spent, so much money in the transfer window and then pretty much said right after it closed. Yeah, let's get rid of the guy who we spent all that money at his direction to build the team. He wanted. Now we're going to get rid of him. Seems odd.
0: Well, it seems odd at this part of the season. You know, if things aren't going well around Christmas time. Okay. Thomas Tuchel obviously has the pedigree to coach this team and be able to make a run. Not only in the premier league bone, not last year's champions league final. Two years, Champions League go final. We saw them win the damn Champions League with Thomas Tuchel in charge. Yeah. And this so is
1: a, they, they won the Champions League. They won the Super Cup. They won Club World Cup. I mean, not that that's the biggest thing. Yeah, but they went three, one and two to start the season. And it's like, all right, get out of here
0: there had to be something going on behind and We know that the, we talked about this last year when the whole Roman Abramovich sale went through and Todd Bailey comes in and okay, he wants to put a stamp on the team and he obviously gave him free reign and free spend. Chelsea spent $310 million on transfers coming in this off season. And we can get into that in a little bit, but the majority of their signings were defenders. You just signed Wesley Fofana from Leicester for like 90 million, which is a outrageous fee to pay for a defender. Yes. Yes. I know we paid Harry Maguire more than that to come over to Manchester United. And we've seen how that's going. They signed Cucurella from Brighton who might, again, have Graham Potter as their new manager. So that's going to be an interesting kind of little side plot uh, for Chelsea. You bring in Raheem Sterling from Manchester city. You bring in Koulibaly who had been stuck in Syria for forever. Uh, And so you just look at everybody who they brought in and it was all mostly defensive minded players who come in at this year. Was it an underwhelming start for Chelsea to start the year? Yeah, absolutely. You could say that. I mean, you lose on the road. Uh, of course, to Leeds, where you got embarrassed in that game. You lose to Southampton. You won the game against West Ham, though, at home, and then you come up and throw a clunker in the first round of a Champions League game against Zagreb, but you don't get blown out. You lose 1-0. Like, okay, I get it. You got rid of Timo Werner, but this I would think that Thomas Tuchel had built up enough status around the club and a new manager and a new owner, especially, to say, listen, man, we can dig ourselves out of the hole. Don't overreact. So... There had to be something else to this. Like, sure. The results weren't exactly what they wanted. I get that. But the premier league is crazy this year. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, it's it's, it's, it's
1: wild. Absolutely. Right.
0: It's lost its mind. And that's why we love it. That's why we ingest that more than any other foreign league, more than really any league in the world. We watch English soccer because it's crazy. And yet you never know what can happen on a game by game basis. And for Chelsea to pull the trigger on this is so interesting to me. Cause like I just mentioned, he spent $310 million on players that are designed to play for Thomas Tuchel and his system, and now a few games into a Premier League season, and oh yeah, by the way, you're still in Champions League because we're just getting that kicked off. You're going to have a new manager inside the first five games? I don't get it. I well, really don't I, get
1: it. It's shocking to me, too. Now, people have been trying to piece this together, you know, and saying... What happened? How, why did this happen? How did we get here? We're looking at the record, right? And like you said, I mean, we, we know about their embarrassments, right? But we also know like, all right, what did they, did they, did they draw? I think they drew Tottenham to start. Yeah. Well, that was
0: the, that was the handshake.
1: Yes, that's right. Of course. That was the handshake. Yes. So you had that, that was not a great incident, right? But still, I mean, in the grand scheme of manager incidents on the sidelines, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Right. So you have a draw against Tottenham. Who's a good club. Uh, you what else? I'm trying to think of the they beat they just beat Leicester City and then beat like you said West Ham right yeah so like I yes, they had the embarrassment against Leeds but other than that it's not that it's not ideal it's not the best start they've ever had certainly not the worst start they've ever had either I mean it's just kind of a you're sixth in the table yeah it's just like a it's just a run-of-the-mill thing. And then, yeah, losing in Champions League, I, sure, that that makes it look like, oh, this was definitely the reason. Bone, you
0: have five more games to manage more yeah, and points. Yeah, and
1: you lost on the road to a, like, halfway decent team there. I don't think that's the end of the world. But then you start looking, and if you read some of the other reports that are out there about, uh, since Todd Bailey took over as the owner of the club, the new ownership group wanted to promote a very open line of communication and, they wanted there to be, um, you know, a lot of a lot of I guess, for lack of a better term, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be involved in everything. They wanted to be led into all of his decision making, understanding why he was doing things. I don't believe they had a technical director, right? Like that was all him. right. So from what I understand from reading some of the stuff that's come out since, it does look like there were concerns and reports within Chelsea that he was not being as open with the new ownership they would ask him to see, like, what's your reasoning behind these lineups? Why are you wanting this player? Why are you selecting this guy over that guy? And they obviously acquiesced. Yeah, uh, sure. But but he apparently didn't really want to give them that type of insight. The communication wasn't as good as they thought. There was even an incident, like, back in the preseason, I remember, there was something about after they played Arsenal, or, uh, yeah, they played Arsenal, I think, in Florida. And somewhere... There was like a little press conference, and he just had a quick little quote that seemed a little chirpy at the new ownership group of like, you know, kind of, I hope they don't think they're going to come in and tell me what to do kind of situation. And I guess that supposedly rubbed them the wrong way too. So still, all of that that we're talking about doesn't really justify firing a guy who has had the success in the Premier League that he's had. It's not about his resume elsewhere, and then you got to give him time no he's he's shown in this league he can get the job done, and may i i don't I don't know what I really don't understand this, other than maybe they're the new ownership group just came in with the idea of as soon as we can, let's get rid of him because we want this guy because this is who we want. yeah maybe because they don't and they didn't, it didn't matter it didn't matter what he was doing, not that they would have fired him right away, but they maybe they were like, as soon as we have an opportunity to fire him, let's fire him because we want this
0: guy. Well, we, they, it's we, think we can get this guy. He did give him a reason, you know. I mean, I, yes, I, I I'm saying I think found, it's a stupid reason. He, they I'm just saying it looks like
1: again, make a dumb analogy. You drive on the freeway, you are looking to you have to use the bathroom, right? You take the first exit you can find. Mm-hmm. You do not just keep driving past and go like, well, I'll wait a no, they were they were clearly ready, they were they were beyond ready mm-hmm. to make this call. And it's almost like the second they saw even just the the hint of like, oh, that's a rest stop. Boom. They're off the freeway. They're like, we're done with him. We're well, they, out. Have
0: been, they have had trouble scoring goals. I mean, we know that. I mean, that's sure. been pretty well chronicled. But you would think that a team that has built out to his specifications that you're going to give him a longer runway. Like I said, you just spent $310 million in this transfer window to go right. out and get players designed to play for him. And then all of a sudden – a month into the season, a week after the transfer deadline, you're going to sit there and say, ah, you're not our guy. Yeah. Like I, Again, yeah. I don't get it. And there are also reports too. So remember, Cristiano Ronaldo, that whole fiasco with Manchester United. Is he going to play? Is he want to go somewhere else? Apparently, Todd Bailey really wanted Cristiano Ronaldo. And Chelsea were a team that were linked to him. Of course, because of all the things going on, sure, let's bring him to London. He could work out well for us. It's going to be good. And apparently Thomas Tuchel was like, no, I, we want no part of Cristiano Ronaldo. Not our guy. Not what we want to do, and I understand why. I I get that. Immense talent. you got to deal with maybe a bigger ego.
1: And, well, and he said, I mean, again, he's an immense talent. He's an older player. If if Thomas Tuchel's like, I'm trying to build this thing to be good for the next two, three seasons. He's not,
0: not going to be your guy.
1: No, you, you don't build around a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo at this stage of his career. That,
0: to that point, that is also a team that won champions league two years ago. They could do it again if they added a piece. So like I see both sides of that. And apparently that was the mark that then tipped it over where Thomas Tuchel was unwilling to add Cristiano Ronaldo for a bargain price. And uh, I think that was, at least what I was reading from the reports, that that was kind of like, well, last straw. If you go down, then all of a sudden ship's going with you.
1: Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, another player that I guess it's worth talking about here, though, I don't think it was the same level of impact. But since the owner is Todd Bailey, who is an American, he's also, if you don't know, invested in the Dodgers. He's one of their co-owners. So he's 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 involved with some pretty high-level clubs, right, In, in all of sports, not just in soccer. But... I I still have this Christian Pulisic question, right, where obviously he's fallen out of favor with Tuchel and wasn't getting the looks, was being brought in as a reserve. And I'm not saying that's wrong, even. I'm just saying that is what was happening. So then my question is, does American owners see we've got star American talent on our team? You're not selecting him. I need to know why or give me your reasoning, and maybe Tuchel was like, I don't have to explain that to you. Sure. I'm, I'm making all of this up in yeah. my head. Yeah, I get but it. But if you're asking, like, well, why wouldn't Thomas Tuchel want to answer those questions, or why wouldn't he want to include the new ownership, maybe there was some dynamic with that, too, where new ownership group is like, hey, uh, that's a guy that we value as owners who have a very big stake in American sports. Yeah, We'd like to see that. We'd like to know why you're not doing that. And maybe he's Christian like—
0: Christian Pulisic playing is good for our bottom dollar.
1: Right. And I wonder, I wonder if, again, I don't know. Maybe Todd Bailey is good enough uh, as a as a soccer mind, or as someone who at least manages, you know, people who work in sports yeah. to say, "I don't have to know you're the coach." But clearly, that wasn't. That seems like this was a sticking point that he that the ownership group wasn't being communicated with well enough from Tuchel and his staff. I wonder if any of that had something to do with it. I am purely speculating on that, but we'll find out, right? We'll see. Who comes in next? There, of course, have been tons of, you know, artwork and memes generated on the mm-hmm. internet about how now, you know, Christian Pulisic is like you know going to rise from the ashes and new coach is going to resurrect his yeah. time there at Chelsea. I don't know about all that. That is though that that well, he's leads... locked
0: in there until the World Cup. Like he's well, he's there. That's what I was
1: going to get to next, and we can we can stay on Tuchel. But there's another aspect of this whole Chelsea thing, regardless of who the manager is, that has to be talked about. And it from the U.S. soccer standpoint is. Arguably your best player on the U S men's national team is not seeing regular minutes heading into the world cup,
0: the face that you have the built face of yeah. your
1: team is not seeing regular minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I don't know new manager might change that, but if it doesn't, that's a problem for this, this world cup. It feels like, right. It feels like if the guy who's going to lead your team is playing 15 minutes a game.
0: That's not good for anybody.
1: I don't think so. Now, I guess you could take the glass half full approach to that and say, well, he'll be fresher, he'll yeah, have, you I know, guess. whatever, but it's like,
0: you're not getting minutes. No, not It's the you're same thing minutes. that we complained about with Zach Steffen being at Manchester City right. leading into this cup year. Right.
1: I mean, it, it, that's why, again, I'm wearing my Leeds jersey today, but I mean, Tyler Adams. Uh, well, all right. We have to let's just not bring it all down right all now. Right, you know asking. what they are doing? They're playing their American players. Right. Brendan Aronson playing a lot. <laughs> yep. And, and Tyler Adams playing, is playing a lot, lot too. And that's, I'm not saying they, they, they are still looking sweet in his denim. Still looking like a, just a, a God out there <laughs> among peasants. Anyway, <laughs> it's a whole another it's a whole nother story. Whole another story. Anyway, the point is, I don't know what that means for the U S national team. With Chelsea, with Christian Pulisic, but it's a—it's got to be a thing, right? It's a—it's a, it's a storyline to keep an eye on as we on go. On our into this. show,
0: on our podcast, yes, okay, very much a thing. Well, I think for anybody who cares about U.S. soccer, I agree, it's got to be
1: a huge issue. And uh, I don't know, maybe. Maybe there will be a way that works out, but I don't typically see it in World Cups where a team has a bunch of guys who aren't playing regular minutes who are now con- key contributors, and then that team goes really far in the World Cup.
0: I tell you who's going to have to take over. Not usually how that happens. Greg Berhalter, interim manager <laughs> at Chelsea, and then he's going <laughs> to the bur- f- flip him the bird after the World Cup's over well, and get Pulisic some playtime. You know... Uh, what about his dad, Mark? I want to just make him the manager of Chelsea. I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> He had some thoughts sure. on Tukes. Sure, I bet he did. He might be might have been the happiest person in the world that Thomas Tuchel was fired.
1: I cannot imagine being a parent of high-level athletes that are professionals, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my kids play soccer. My daughter has a game tonight. I'm wearing my Brendan Aronson jersey to the soccer field. Let's see. Let's see who's really a soccer fan out there, by the way. I always like to throw a jersey in there sometime and see if the soccer parents are actually soccer fans. Right. Anyway, but... I can't I get involved when my kids are playing rec league soccer Mm -hmm. in my head. I don't I don't get on the field, I don't scream and yell, I don't do all that stuff. But I do get we get back in the car and I'm like, I don't know why the coach keeps taking her out. I think (laughs) you can clearly see what she's doing. I think she's obviously she's she's the best player. She's better than this kid. She's better than that kid. Like I, I think every parent must do that. I can't imagine when you're the like They paid $60 million for my kid. Now they're going to put him on the bench. What the hell is that all about? Like, I, I totally would be frustrated. I don't know if I'd go on Instagram or Twitter and post about it.
0: I would. I'd shit post all day. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be, that's not, but also then you have to winning strategy, but I am a very petty person.
1: Your adult children then also probably don't want you airing grievances out there. Unless maybe Christian Pulisic is like, dad, let me give you a little tip. Why don't you put this out there? Why don't, I don't you say get it?
0: Thomas Tuchel fired? <laughs> right. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Did that really happen? Are we breaking news here I on this show? I think we're breaking news. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, that was Christian Polisic's dad, who is named Mark. I, I think so. Jeff? Who it knows? Could be. Whatever. Jeff Polisic got Thomas Tuchel fired, pulled the Tuchelier option, if you will. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll take a break. I do want to say this, though, and this goes into our next segment. A lot of crew fans. A lot of people in general say, well, if you get rid of Caleb Porter, who are you going to get? Thomas Tuchel's available. Aim high. <laughs> go ahead. Let's go. What are we talking about? Let's. What are we waiting for? Give him a call. He looks good in the black and gold. He Am I does. right? He does. He looks does. great at Dortmund. Yeah. He knows the drill. He's ready to go. Bring it to German tuchel, village. Tuchel. German coach. announce Tuchel. Thomas do Tuchel. it do it cowards announce it before you fire Porter <laughs> just announce him announce it at your JD Vance event go ahead and do that why don't you just announce it there you idiots? all right anyway I, I said too much probably we'll take a break we come back We're <laughs> we come back we'll talk about the crew that pathetic team right now all right we'll talk about them next it's bone and beam United brought to you by Zaptic Italian Village And being united. Brought to you by Zaptic Italian Village. All right. So let's talk about the Columbus crew. Announce Tuchel. Announce Tuchel. Hashtag announce Tuchel. Let's go, cowards. Make it happen. Um, this is uh this is a, this is go time right now for the black and gold.
0: Is it? Somebody should tell them. I
1: I agree with you on that a hundred percent. I just want to run down the results uh, from August so far. Let's just go through those very quickly. August third, crew lost two to one at home to Montreal. Okay, not great. Uh, Columbus defeated New York City FC three to two. That was that was awesome. That was great. Uh, then the crew tied Colorado one to one. Not not ideal. They tied Atlanta two to two. They tied Cincinnati two to two. They beat Inter Miami one to nothing. That's nice. Tied Chicago, 0-0. If I read all that to you, it sounds like, well, that's not so bad. But we are looking at a team now that has struggled to find victories in games where they should, Mm -hmm. where they are the better team. They have to get wins. They have not been able to do that. And I'm telling you, man, that Chicago game was such a disappointment.
0: I turned it off. What a gross game that was. I turned it off
1: gross game. Luis
0: Diaz got yellow carded. I'm like, nope, done. Yeah. Done. Done. Nope. No, thanks. Luis
1: Diaz, by the way, has had a really good, like stretch this summer and he's one of the bright spots, but yeah, it's, it, that was a frustrating game to watch. So
0: they don't look like they're interested in scoring at all. How can a team come out here and say, Oh, we're in a big playoff push. We're going to get to this point in the season. We're going to be a wrecking ball in the playoffs you come out and kick the ball for 45 minutes around and do nothing and look like you don't have a game plan and then all of a sudden it's like oh second half we need to go what kind of a strategy is that
1: yeah I don't I don't at home know. on a
0: Saturday pretty beautiful weather like what is
1: happening I dude I don't know what to tell you and it's it's frustrating because you know you hear about this, what is it 14 out of 15 unbeaten that the crew are in right now I don't know. well I think it, Porter knows because he'll tell you Caleb Porter brings it up all the time. But man, the reality with this team is you can be unbeaten all you want. And we've gone into this before on the podcast. I guess I don't have to keep doing this, but you know, if you go, if you get a tie every game, zero, zero draws, if you do that or you, you find ways to like in Cincinnati, right? The, you salvaged a loss into a tie, but, but that was a, a game. you
0: That was a game. Yes. Out of That is not strategy. That was Steven Marrera getting a great break and finishing an unbelievable Unbelievable that that worked out their way. And
1: capitalized on a mistake. If Jeff Cameron doesn't, like, if he actually makes a regular-ass clearance the way you're supposed to, that doesn't happen. Instead, he panicked in the moment because he's not a great player. Scared to be great. Scared to be great. That's what I say. Make Jeff Cameron great again. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. Hasn't happened. Anyway, all I know is he makes a bad clearance crew capitalized in the 96th minute. Otherwise, that's a loss. And I know you can't take that away from them, but we're acting like this team, or we're not. Caleb Porter acts like this team has done so many good things, and they're just, oh, man, a couple tough bounces here or there, but otherwise, we don't want a few. No, you've been the beneficiary of some good bounces, and this is what's happened. This is where you are. You are one point out of, like, you are what you are, saved in the playoffs by a point. You are sixth, Cincinnati seventh. That's it. You're the last two teams in and you're separated by a point. You have a lot of other
0: teams nipping on your heels. By the way, I mean, New England is two points behind you. Yeah. like In the eighth spot. So you're two points away from being dropped out of the playoffs.
1: By the way, when you played New England back in, you know, a month ago, how'd that go? Oh, you zero, zero tie. That's a team that obviously you should be taking advantage of and trying to get the victory over. And you got completely outclassed not that they, because they came in here and did what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. and you didn't. They, they controlled that game, but anyway.
0: I will give credit because they did beat Miami, and if you lose that game or tie that game, this is a fully panicked situation. Well, yes,
1: and fine. They, that's, that's what Caleb Porter is doing. Just enough to be right around where you were last year, right? Like, they, they're not that far away points-wise from where they yeah, were last year. At a at few this- points—
0: at this point last year, they had gotten so far behind that they were playing catch up, and they were actually going out there and winning games. Yes, at the end of the yes, last season, because they had
1: all those injuries last year. And remember, too, it's not just about like this time of the year because schedule is shifted. Like we have six games left. Yeah. So picture like mid-September last year is what we're talking about. But anyway, I guess that's where we are now. So what am I saying? Anyway, the point is, <laughs> I forgot it's September already. The point is this: you have. Uh, you have, you have a couple home games left, and then you're pretty much on the road for the rest of it. Caleb Porter claims this team is just a few games away from peaking. He says they're not satisfied with the ties. No one's satisfied with that. But if you look at how we're playing, I think we're just a few games away from really hitting our stride and really peaking. Maybe you got to tell yourself that. I'm sure that's the message you're saying to your guys. Don't sell that to the fans. The fans know it needs to be better than this. And you, you can go out and tie every game and end up with 34 points. Or you can go out and lose half your games, mm-hmm. but win the other half, and you end up in the 50s. And that is a big difference when it comes to making the playoffs or not. You do not make the playoffs if you tie every game. So this this idea of, well, hey, we're playing really well. Look at all these ties. That doesn't help you if that's, yes, maybe you back into the playoffs, and then you suddenly turn it on. They certainly have the roster to do that. Mm-hmm. They certainly have the firepower to but do that. But that's
0: the most frustrating part. Why not
1: do it now? Yes, that's my agreed like this idea that oh, we'll just flip a switch or, or Do we're about now. to start, we're about to start peaking. You know what Philadelphia is doing? Like that's another one I keep hearing from some of the apologists for this crew team. They're like, Oh, Hey, lost on an own goal to, to Philadelphia, but otherwise played them to a zero zero and a, and a, what would have been a zero zero, but we had a, an own goal. It's like, right. Philly is 20 points better than the crew right mm-hmm. now. Do you think maybe when they play the crew, they play the game that the crew played against Chicago. Right. Right. Like when you played a team that's much worse than you and you know it, and then you didn't play your best because it's hard to be up for that game and when still you still ended up getting a win. <laughs> but right. I'm saying and they still got a win out of it. And then, uh, yes, you both got a point the other way. I'm saying, sure, you played Philly tough and that's great. But I don't think that's going to happen when you play Philly in the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen when you play
0: the good teams in the playoffs. Let me run down this schedule for you too. go ahead. You have Montreal who is playoff team, playoff team. You have enter Miami who is just a few points off the playoff and they're they going to be throwing everything at you yep. coming up in that game. You have Portland who is in seventh in the West who are going to be fighting like hell to yep. be able to get any result out of that game. Of course. And then, oh yeah, by the way, uh, you finish off, you get the red bulls at home. Okay. They're, they're how pretty you, tough. Last how are you, fe- you feeling about that? game? Yeah. Uh, You get Charlotte, which is a remake from the game that got canceled there a couple weeks ago. Okay, that's on the road. Tough place to go and play. They have a great crowd uh, this year. They're not anything in the playoff race. That's fine. And then you finish against Orlando. Like,
1: explain it. Explain to me. Are you feeling
0: good about those last six games after what you've seen? And I know
1: maybe if you are someone who feels like, Pretty good about the crew right now. I don't know who those fans are, but if you are neighbor
0: Eric is panicked every day. I I would be too. I am too. Man, I asked like, him I, he was going to the game on Saturday, right? And I was like, "How are you feeling about this one?" He goes, "I know how it's going to be. I just know how it's going to be. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to sit in my seats. I'm going to cheer. I'm going to do everything, and it's going to be a disaster." Like he's fully anticipating well,
1: that every game. That's the worst part for me. Is it's not like, hey, I know this team is going to go out there and score a a, a bunch. Of, it, it, they cannot get on the same page with is our offense clicking. Awesome. We're going to let in two goals. Oh, our offense is doing nothing. We're going to have one of the best defensive performances you've seen. And I just, I wish this team could finally get all of their all of their players on the same page at the same time with putting in these monster efforts all at once. Maybe
0: that's what Caleb Porter means.
1: Oh, yeah. He just needs to get
0: peaking. We just, we have a good defensive effort. Then we have a good offensive output. We put those together. Yes. That's the, that's the way it works.
1: Sure. All right. Well, uh, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. Obviously, the crew play on Friday night.
0: I love a Friday night game.
1: Friday night game's great. Gets your uh, weekend off to either a terrible or yeah. great start, <laughs> depending. But, yeah, at least you get a Friday night. You can enjoy it. Uh, it's an away game, so you can go watch it at a bar. and or then Or go up to Montreal. Sure. Yeah. Just uh, bring your passport. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it be a little dicey if you have a little sniffle. You may have to stay there a while. Yes. But either way. Um. All right. So they've got a lot of work to do here. It's not just about making the playoffs with this team. I'm not going to be happy if you just make the playoffs and then crap out in the first round because this team is not built for that. You've got a much better roster, and if all you get out of the last two years is one playoff appearance and an easy, quick exit, sorry, I don't... Bring on Tuchel. That's what I'll say. Bring on <laughs> Tukes. Announce Tukes. <laughs> Call him. See what he's doing. He may be interested. You never know. Change of scenery. Uh, speaking of change of scenery, let's go back to Europe. Let's talk about... Champions League, yep. uh, first match day in the books of this group stage. I don't know why I said it like Peter Brady. Um, <laughs> where do you want to go? I'll just run down some scores. You stop me when you hear something that's interesting okay. to you, okay? Uh, Dinamo Zagreb. we talked about. That got Thomas Tuchel fired. Yes, one to we nothing talked over about Chelsea. that. That
0: was interesting. We did that earlier. Yep.
1: Uh, Dortmund three nothing over Copenhagen.
0: Your guy, Gio Reyna, first two start, assists. first start since April for Gio Reyna. They let him play on the weekend as a sub. He started his first game since April, two assists for. Did Gio he start? Reyna. I, I couldn't remember if he started he or subbed in this. Okay, he he's, okay, he
1: started and got the two assists. Great. Yeah. Either way, two assists for Gio Reyna. That is a huge story with the U.S. national yeah. team because I keep saying Christian Pulisic, your best player, is not playing. He might. Geo might, might be your best player. Yeah. Uh, well, it, the Tyler Adams can certainly have a shout at that, too. But anyway, the point is yeah, like you need Geo Reyna playing. That That is a big bright spot if he can stay on the field and stay healthy. So uh, eyes on that. Uh, Benfica gets it done, two to nothing over Maccabi Haifa. Uh, Sevilla drops to Manchester City, no shock, four to nothing. Yeah,
0: Erling Holland, two goals. Jesus. He's Thanos, man. He is inevitable. Yeah. He's terrifying. Snap your fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's not
1: good. RB Salzburg. They are uh, drew level with Milan. One one there. So that was their home date against AC Milan. So we'll see. Uh, it, well, we'll see what happens with that one uh, when they come back. But obviously, there's you know a bunch of other games to be played here. This is group play. Celtic played Real Madrid to three uh, nothing loss.
0: Do you see uh, your boy Luka Modric's goal. I didn't get to see it. All right, so I was watching it live time, and I was about to tweet out from our Bone and Beam United account, at Bone Beam United on Twitter if you want to give a follow. Yeah. I was about to tweet out, I know T-Bone is doing a radio show right now, but he will shit his pants when he (laughs) sees Luka Modric's goal. (laughs) He literally brings it down. He's touching the ball around the box bone. He's, like, flipping it over his head. One touches it on the left top shelf. Like. I he's, looked at him. I'm like, that's disgusting. He's still disgusting. Big problems man. too. Kareem Benzema went off in that game. I saw that. And Aiden yeah. Hazard came on. So put a pin in that. That might be rather important for them and the front runner for the Ballon d'Or this mm-hmm. year.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's very. That's a very interesting race to watch. If you're into such, you know, postseason awards, as I'm sure we all are. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk getting it done over RB Leipzig.
0: Great for them.
1: How about that result? Four to one. Yep big time for them. That's a, you know, that's a team that like we've talked about often, they tend to get out of the group stage mm-hmm. and then tend to even sometimes pull an upset, but you know, getting them to like a, you know, final eight would be quite a thing if they could manage that. I think that that'd be very interesting to watch, but good start for them in this group play. And then uh, Juventus uh, drops. Uh, it's PSG. Sorry, let me back up. PSG two to one over Juventus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good win for Kylian Mbappe and the rest of that. Yeah, the crew. sporting
0: director of PSG. Good job.
1: <laughs> he had he had the, he had one of their goals right where I think Neymar yeah. flipped him in, and then he just. You know, buried it with little he touch. He had both their
0: goals in the first half. Oh, he had them both. Also, okay. Weston McKinney scored on a header to make it um, 2-1 off That's a corner. Right. It was That's very right. good. Yep.
1: I did see – I did watch some of that game. That one I was able to check well, out. a little bit. The problem is that
0: you're doing a radio show while all these games are on, and I'm sitting my fat ass on my couch <laughs> watching these games rather inti- – by the way, the goal zone, if you don't have Paramount Plus and you have regular like cable or YouTube TV, on CBS Sports, they do have a thing called goal zone. And they literally just show you every game for 90 minutes of what's happening and which game and all the goals. And it's a pretty good product.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And it's it's nice when they, if I can remember to throw that on, that mm-hmm. does help. But yeah, a lot of times when we're doing the radio show, I'm just looking up going, ah, I wish I knew what the context <laughs> was of why that guy's on the ground and the referee is screaming at a player right. and that player's screaming. And I don't know because I'm not watching it as intently as I'd like Selfish to. Selfish
0: doing a radio show at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on I know. Tuesday and Wednesday. It is
1: selfish, I agree. Uh real quickly, your Bayern Munich beat inter Milan. Not my So everyone knows. Inter Milan, two to nothing.
0: That game was well handled for Bayern. Yeah, like Bayern just I didn't cruise, see it. I assumed control. they
1: were cruise control through that one. That's the two-nothing scoreline for Bayern often means they did they could have put on five. Yeah. They just were like that wouldn't be very German of us to Leroy score five, Sané. which just the two. Disgusting. Yeah. Oh disgusting. T- Well, we know. He's been disgusting. Mm. Hey, uh, by the way, let's talk about Liverpool for a second. Mm. Okay. That, how did that go against Napoli? Was it an uh, easy affair going to Italy and getting your – no? you you lost four to one, huh? Mm. Let's pause and discuss how that defense, not anywhere close to what they were in their heyday a couple years ago.
0: So they've built, I mean, obviously if you're a Liverpool fan, you know this, if you don't watch a lot of Liverpool games, the way that Jurgen Klopp has assembled this great Liverpool team is that they are going to press the hell out of you. They're not going to give you any room. They're not going to give you any space. So you can look up, have the ball in any area to play through balls, anything. I mean, they just collapse on you whenever. They played so wide. They were not compact and Napoli just diced them up like you wouldn't believe. And that has not only happened once. This is not a thing that is just off the radar for Liverpool. Oh, it's a blip. Okay, don't worry about it. We'll get it figured out. It is jarring to watch them. And I don't know what has happened to Virgil. Like in Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's, he's just, I mean, there was a play. I don't even know the player for Napoli. He's running down the side. Trent's backing up with him. He literally just flips the ball. Like, to his right, cuts, player moves left. Trent just stands still, and Napoli end up getting a goal off of that. Like, I don't know. Their defense has been remarkable for some time. Of course, we have talked about missing Sadio Mane, who is now playing for Bayern, and what that meant for their offense. Their offense doesn't look great. Um, I mean, Luis Diaz scores out of nowhere like he always does. That's like a trademark goal of his. Okay, I'm running against play, boom, score a goal. But uh, this game was done and dusted. I think uh, Napoli got a penalty like within the first couple of minutes of the second half, made it four nil. Like they have some serious issues that they're going to have to work out here.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know how they're going to get that sorted because, well, I know how they're going to get it sorted. They've got a ton of, they've still got a ton of talent on that roster. Right. And, and they're they, well coached They're They are. They are well coached, even though he whines like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, losing four to one in Napoli as good as I'm sure it's, Napoli is, is I don't watch a lot of Italian soccer. I know Napoli has been trying to build and be a you know better club. And obviously they're in champions league, but that's not something I think Liverpool
0: on their see, worst
1: day says, well, maybe we drop it like a one, nothing two to one.
0: That's what I mean. You can see going in there. Like that's not an easy place to play and losing that game. No, it's, one of, it's s- one of the
1: toughest stadiums in the world to play
0: in. You don't see it happening like that.
1: The Stadio Diego Armando Maradona. Ever heard of him? That's who they named it after, Your of guy. course. Your
0: guy. Yeah. Rest in peace.
1: Been renamed after it was formerly the uh, Stadio San Paolo, but whatever. Anyway, one of the biggest stadiums in the world for those who uh, – I didn't know that. Know. Yeah. It's – I believe – I think it now holds 60,000 after renovations, but it used to hold 90,000. Whoa. And it's one of the – I think it is the if – I, if I remember correctly, they said in soccer – It is the largest stadium, or at least it was at one time, that has been used by only one team. Like, Milan has a bigger stadium, but it's shared.
0: The San Siro.
1: Yes. And uh, the Olympic Stadium in Rome, that is shared Mm -hmm. by a couple different teams. But this is the largest, or at least has been in the past, the largest stadium that was used by just one team. Interesting. So, anyway, there you go. But, yeah, it's... That's a good spot to have one of your worst defeats is right in front of one of the largest crowds. you can Boy, see what a year. week
0: for them, right? I mean, <laughs> lose to Manchester United last week, go on the road in Champions League. Had a couple of people like, yeah, how's that, you know, Europa League taste? Like, you'll taste it next year. So oh. it tastes pretty good right now. <laughs> Look, at it it good. Look at you throwing that out there. Tastes pretty good.
1: Look at you throwing that out there. I have no good shame. stuff. My team's terrible. I don't blame you.
0: Good for you. Except they're
1: not at the moment. They're not, but... Well we'll we'll find out. Maybe they are for real. Maybe Liverpool is really terrible, or maybe things will even out. We'll find out. but that's the
0: beauty of this game. Uh, any of these other ones you want to hit on? Yeah, Atletico and Porto was just nuts yesterday. So I mean like, <laughs> I'm sitting here watching this game, and we have had this talk before. I hate Diego Simeone style play. like I yeah. I cannot stand watching Atletico Madrid. Like, they just, they, I mean, I respect the way that they play. Actually, no, I don't. I don't like, I, I don't like anything that they do. I mean, it gets them results, and that's fine. They sit back, and they won't do anything for forever. And then, like, the last five minutes of the game, they're like, all right, we're going to press everybody forward and try to steal three points. So, there's nine added minutes of this game. Good Lord. There's nine. There's nine added minutes. A player from... Why am I blanking on who they're playing? They're playing uh, uh, Porto. Porto. Yeah, player from Porto gets a red card, gets sent off. So yeah, already so it's like, all right, Porto's Porto's gonna try to Medi, peel back. Mediterimi
1: got a red card in the 81st minute.
0: Yeah, and it was it was tough too because he simulated, he simulated, but he was already on a yellow card, so he got a second. That was how he got sent off by simulation.
1: And by the way, at this point in the game, it is zero
0: zero. Yes, it's zero zero. And so we, you
1: get a player sent off, and you're thinking, uh oh, Madrid's been sitting back waiting. This is their moment. They're going to capitalize. They're going to go out there
0: and get their goal. And they do. So Meredith gets home from school, and I'm like, look at this. This is, I know for a fact, like they're going to score. Like, this is just, it's witchcraft, what Diego Simeone does. It's, yep. I don't know. He's babbling in the dark arts like it's witchcraft. So Atletico get the goal in the 92nd minute or whatever it was. I'm like, yep, yeah, there you go. There's the game winner. Yeah,
1: first goal in stoppage time. I of say course. first because the score ended up being two to one.
0: Yes, it did. And all of a sudden, you know, they fast forward. There's a penalty. It's a handball. Player for Atletico literally slaps the ball away. Couldn't be more clear. <laughs> penalty right. in stoppage time with like three minutes to go for Porto to equalize this. Boom, puts it right past Black on his left side. Got a hand on it. It's one one. I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna do this it's crazy. Ball comes back down Atletico's way. Ball then gets flipped over every head of the Atletico players. Porto are on a breakaway, and guy kicks it over the stands. Atletico send the ball back up. Antoine Griezmann scores on a back back post header to win it. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I can't, I can't believe, uh, I can't believe it. And of course it's Antoine Griezmann too. Like they only play him 30 minutes because they're giving a big middle finger to Barcelona on his contract. Yeah, right. And there's some sort of, you know, contract agreement and negotiation that went. If they're only going to have to pay thirty percent of his salary, if they keep him under thirty minutes a game, and of course <laughs> they get him over the goal and like they win, and I was just flabbergasted. But yeah, yeah Diego Simeone, which yeah, he
1: is man, and that was at home for them too, right? Yeah, so was, that would have been, been huge. Yeah, big result for Porto if they could have pulled off the draw. And it, again, you get it, you give up a goal in stoppage time, and then you get it back on a penalty, and you think in job, stoppage time, all right, then yeah. then all we have to do is see out, see this out to the whistle, four minutes. Yeah, I, according to the game report, that second goal, the Griezmann goal, was scored in plus 11 yeah, minutes. Correct. Like, I mean, it was ridiculous, because obviously you have two goals adding to the how many minutes of stoppage to start, nine, nine. or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, player for Atletico when he scored the first goal in stoppage time, ripped over the barrier and like jumped him, literally yes. jumped into the stands.
1: Yes, right. Of course, that's going to add some time too, so... All right, well, Champions League as always tends to be entertaining. Not as entertaining as uh, we had wanted to see was uh, U.S. Open Cup final, mm-hmm. which if you don't watch and didn't watch that game, I tried it's to okay. watch last night. Yeah, and it's... then
0: realized my ESPN Plus had run out, and I wasn't about That's to pay ten dollars. I wasn't, wasn't going to pay ten dollars to watch the U.S. Open you Cup know, final. I was
1: talking just on a sidebar on the like paying for soccer watching stuff. Like I was talking to Evil Bald Colin, and he brought up. He's like, "Yeah, I saw they're having a sale on Peacock. I may have to get that." And I was like. You mean like a sale in the lifetime membership or something? And he's like, no, like I just haven't had it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I, God, I've watched like so many games now because of the, you know, the because of the channel. That know,
0: conversation was with me last week. No, it wasn't. Before the show.
1: Yes, yes, it was. Well, then never mind. I thought for sure I had this conversation. Maybe with you Colin had it with too. Colin right, too. Fine. We had it.
0: You must have been blackout I drunk. Must have, I we am blackout
1: talking. drunk. I always am drunk. Did we talk about this on the show? No. Okay, thank God. Look, it's been a weird day. I'm just going to tell you. I had a doctor's appointment today. I'm mm-hmm. 40. That means different things when you turn 40. Put two 40. and two together. It's a weird day. That's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say. Anyway, we did talk. Actually, when I walked to the doctor's office, they were like, is that a Leeds United jersey? And I said, hell right. It, hell yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So that was good. Anyway, I'm surprised that you don't have ESPN Plus and Peacock then. This is bad form out of you. I go to Zaptic
0: to watch these games, Boone.
1: That's fine. You can't go there every game. Yes, I that, can. Actually, yes. And I do because they're open for business. <laughs> all right. so. In this game, Orlando was playing Sacramento Republic, Mm -hmm. and there was a storyline going into this one that Orlando City was... Who was complaining about who? All
0: right, so there was... This game happened. Soccer podcast days Thursday. We'll tell you the result in a moment. This game happened on Wednesday evening. There was a complaint filed by Sacramento on Orlando that on Tuesday afternoon, there was a training session that was happening for Sacramento. Apparently... There was a coach and or staff member that was attending this closed practice for Sacramento, literally spying on them. Sacramento then lodged a complaint with the U.S. Soccer Federation to say, hey, there's espionage going here. And apparently the coach for Orlando, whoever it was, staff member, whoever stayed there for 30 to 45 minutes after the coach was like berating him and telling him to get the blank out of practice. It's incredible that you're even, I mean, like, I, you always hear about these coaches being
1: kind of paranoid about it, like there's someone spying, don't do that. I will never forget years ago, this was, this was a crew practice thing, because all my stories I have to relate back to, A, to myself, and then B, to the crew. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. But I remember years ago, I had asked for a press pass from the crew okay. when I had a soccer podcast that was not this, just me by myself. But I was like, can I get a press pass because I have a thing? And I talked to one of the people there at the crew and they were like, yeah, they were like, just, you know, make sure you have something that, you know, bring a microphone or a tape recorder or something so you're identified as media because, you know, the coaches and at the time this was Siggy Mm
0: Schmidt
1: coaches tend to get a little nervy about people being a practice because they're worried that there are going to be spies and they were actually playing this game. Uh, or they were practicing this particular week at Ohio Dominican. Okay. So I go over there. I sat, I stood next to Larry Larson, Mr. High School Sports yep. from 610 WTVN, another radio station in town. He was there.
0: Meredith works at his middle school. Larry I can't Larson, believe, Larry by the way, Larson yes, Middle School. He's,
1: it, the school's named after him. What an yeah. accomplishment. What a great guy. Anyway, so I'm standing there, and this week they were playing Red Bull, New York Red Bulls who they're playing. I swear to God, five minutes into practice, the parking lot is very visible from the end of the field. And one of those back in the day, they used to have those Red Bull delivery little, oh, yeah. little smart <laughs> yeah. cars or, or yeah. what, maybe even those yeah, smart cars I know. Car I with the it. can on top. And it just drove around in the parking lot and circled like four times. Cause I guess the guy couldn't figure out where to park or wasn't sure which building he was supposed to go in, but it was <laughs> hilarious. Cause I had just had this conversation about, they're worried about spies. Be careful. And then I look over, and I'm like, there's your spy. There's there. They said, the yeah,
0: yeah. Red Bull, they're everywhere. It was Jesse Marsh. They even, even have back there. they even have refrigerators in our <laughs> locker room. Yeah, right.
1: So anyway, that's my spy story that I have. But I'm just saying, every time you hear that, I think these coaches are being paranoid. There's no way that actually happens, right? And Wrong. it did before the U.S. Open it Cup did. final. And it happened, by the way. Like, if Sacramento's spying on Orlando City... I get it. Go for it. I get it. Go for it. They're the MLS team. They should team. be
0: allowed in practice.
1: Yeah, in fact, their players should get to come in and, like, shoot, like, little, like, pellet guns at the other players just to, even things out a little bit. Instead, Orlando City spies on the team that they are clearly more talented than, clearly have a better roster than. And so what happened in the U.S. Open Cup? Orlando City 3-0. Too bad. It actually, it didn't, it was, it was closer than it looks because it was 0-0 into the 70th minute, and then uh, uh, Facundo Torres got a goal in the 75th, Got a penalty in the 80th that made it two nothing, and then stoppage time goal uh, was added on. So yeah, three nothing was the result. Too bad because I don't want to see Orlando City have anything good, but they do now that the U.S. Open Cup champs. Wonderful, tremendous. Can the Crew get back to winning those? Because I'd really like a U.S. Open Cup. Can the Crew just make the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother. Yes, I guess. I guess we'll see. That's what we're looking for. We'll find out. All right. That's it for us this week, unless you have anything else you want to
0: add. Sucks to uh, – it's a bad week to be an Arsenal fan. Just say that. It was a great performance by the boys on Monday. Mm. It's a bad week to be a Liverpool fan. Flying high. It's like the best week in six years for Man U. Oh, Four wins in a row. I don't know when the last time that happened was. I have that, no that, idea. Dude,
1: this is one of the best weeks for Manchester United you've had in how many years? Probably like five, five years. Five, six I years. Said. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a big deal. Do you have Peacock, by the way? No. You should check it out. I don't it's have really, it. really. no, nope. Check it out. I don't have it. I'm going to talk to Evil Bald Colin about it. <laughs> Get out of here. Make sure. and by the way, hey, Nottingham Forest, you're on notice. Uh-oh. You're coming to Ellen Road. You're going to have to watch out. You're going to play
0: the boys from Leeds. How about the, uh, the song that they created uh, from Leeds? I know, from Brendan Aronson. Aronson. You wanna hear our song that we created for Scott McTominay? what they what's the song you created da, for him? Da, 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 da. Scott McTominay. It's been stuck in my head for literally two That's weeks. Great. It's the dumbest song in the world. Yeah, I,
1: I don't have the Ellen Rhodes song committed to memory yet, but uh, there is something like Must not be a real fan. No, but it's like mm. come to Ellen Rhodes and you can see him play something, something, something. But it's like American boy. Yeah, by Estelle. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. So very nice. Very good job. I love the songs from soccer. In fact, we need to do more of that. You and I, next podcast, nothing but singing. Okay, in not happening. In all right. Enjoy all the soccer this weekend. We will be back next week, hopefully with uh, I don't know. I'll be more coherent. I hope I'm not unless I have another doctor's appointment, in which case <laughs> all bets are off. All right, we'll see you next week. Our thanks to, of course, uh, our friends at Zappi Italian Village. Make sure you check them out, and also you can follow us on Twitter at Bone United. We will see you next week.